Part three, chapter twenty two of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Benyanad Malevsky. Part three, chapter twenty two. On a certain evening, Scevinus, a senator, called upon Petronius and conversed with him at length about the grievous times in which they lived, and also about Caesar. He spoke so openly that Petronius, though friendly, thought it best to be on his guard. Scevinus complained that the world was becoming mad, and that all must end in some calamity more terrible even than the burning of Rome. He said that even the Augustales were discontented, that Phineas Rufus, second prefect of the Praetorians, endured only with the greatest effort the vile rule of Tigellinus, and that Seneca's entire family had been driven to the utmost despair by the conduct of Caesar towards his old master and towards Lucan. Finally he began to speak of the dissatisfaction of the people, and even of the Praetorians, a considerable part of whom had been won over by Phineas Rufus why dost thou talk in this manner asked petronius out of solicitude for caesar replied scevinus i have a distant relative among the praetorians whose name is also scevinus from him i learn what is going on in the camp discontent is growing there also caligula was mad and see what happened cassius cheria appeared it was a terrible deed and no one of us applauded it but still cheria freed the world from a monster or in other words remarked petronius this is thy meaning i do not praise cheria but he was an excellent man and would that the gods gave us more like him scevinus changed the subject and began of a sudden to praise piso glorifying his family his generosity his attachment to his wife and finally his intellect his calmness and his peculiar gift of winning people caesar is childless said he and all see his successor in piso doubtless every one would help piso to ascend the throne phineas rufus loves him the family of aeneas is entirely devoted to him plautius lateranus and tullius senecio would go through fire for him equally devoted to him are natalius and Subrius flavius and sulpicius asper and atranius quinetianus and even vestinius the last will not be of much avail to piso said petronius vestinius is afraid of his own shadow vestinius believes in dreams and apparitions said scevinus but he is a valiant man who rumour says will be nominated for council if in his heart he is opposed to persecuting the christians thou shouldst not blame him for it for it concerns thee also that this madness should cease not for me but vinitius said petronius on his account i should like to save a certain girl but i cannot because i have lost favour with caesar how is that dost thou not see that caesar wishes to be friendly with thee again and i will tell thee why he intends returning to achaea where he will sing greek songs of his own composition he is crazy about the trip but trembles at the thought of the critical disposition of the greeks he imagines that a great triumph awaits him or a great failure he needs good advice and he knows that no one can counsel him as well as thou that is the reason why thou art returning to favour lucan might take my place bronzebeard hates lucan and destines him for death he is awaiting a pretext for he always seeks pretexts lucan understands that it is necessary to make haste 
by castor said petronius this may be but i have still another way to regain favor what is it to repeat to bronzebeard what thou hast said to me just now i have said nothing said scevinus aghast petronius laid his hand upon the other's shoulder thou hast called caesar a madman thou hast predicted the succession of piso and thou hast said lucan understands that it is necessary to make haste what wouldst thou hasten my dear friend scevinus grew pale and for a moment the two looked at each other thou wilt not repeat by the hips of cypris i will not thou knowest me well no i will not repeat i have not heard anything and i do not wish to hear anything dost thou understand life is too short to take any trouble i pray thee only to visit tigellinus to-day and talk with him as long as thou hast with me about anything that may please thee what for so that should tigellinus some day say to me scevinus was with thee i might retort that same day he was also with thee scevinus hearing this broke the ivory cane which he held in his hand and said i will see tigellinus to-day and afterwards i will go to nerva's banquet wilt not thou be there but anyway we shall see each other the day after to-morrow in the amphitheatre where the remainder of the christians will appear farewell the day after to-morrow repeated petronius when alone there is no time to lose bronzebeard will need me in achaea hence he may perhaps show some regard for my wishes and he determined to try the last means at nerva's banquet caesar himself asked that petronius should occupy the seat opposite to him because he wished to ask his advice about achaea and about what cities he might appear in with the greatest chances of success he feared most the athenians other augustales listened to the conversation with attention so as to retain in their memory the opinions of petronius and repeat them afterwards as their own it seems to me as if i had not lived until this time said nero and that i shall be born only in greece thou wilt be born to new fame and immortality said petronius i trust that it will be so and that apollo will not be jealous should i meet with success i will offer to him a hecatomb such as no god has ever had before scevinus quoted the lines of horace sic te diva potens cipri sic fratis helenae lucida sidera ventorumque regat pater the vessel is waiting at naples said caesar i should like to set out even to-morrow petronius arose and looking straight at nero said permit me o divine one first to celebrate a wedding feast to which i shall invite thee before others a wedding feast what wedding feast asked nero the wedding feast of vinitius with the daughter of the king of the lygians who is thy hostage though she is now in prison as a hostage she is not subject to imprisonment thou thyself didst permit vinitius to marry her and as thy decrees like those of zeus are unchangeable thou wilt order her to be set free and i will give her to the bridegroom the cool and calm self-possession with which petronius spoke impressed nero who was always impressed by this method of addressing him i know he said with his eyes cast down i have thought of her and of the giant who choked croto then both are saved asked petronius quietly but tigellinus came to the rescue of his master she is in prison at the command of caesar and thou thyself hast said petronius that his decrees are unchangeable 
all present knowing the history of vinitius and lygia understood the situation and they preserved silence curious to see how the affair would end she is in prison against the will of caesar through thy mistake and through thy ignorance of the law of nations replied petronius laying stress upon his words thou art a dull man tigellinus but even thou darest not assert that she set rome on fire for caesar would not believe thee but nero had recovered himself through his half-closed eyes shone indescribable malice petronius is right he said after a while tigellinus looked at him with surprise petronius is right repeated nero to-morrow the gates of the prison will be opened for her as to the wedding feast we will talk it over the day after to-morrow in the amphitheatre i have lost again thought petronius when he had returned home he was so sure that lygia's fate had been decided that he sent a trustworthy servant to the amphitheatre to make arrangements for the delivery of her body which he wished to give to vinitius End of part three, chapter twenty two.